<clears throat> Thank you, Ruthann. Thank you, Anita. We've experienced that love. We've come to faith in Christ. And because of that, we're members of the body of Christ. And on the front of the bulletin, the third week of the month, we list one another's as a way of encouragement <clears throat> to apply the one another's. And some of you did in responding to Kathy Ryan, a note I'd like to read to my brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, thank you for all your support, prayers, cards, and flowers. <clears throat> I receive, I am renewed with the Lord, or with the love of Christ. I thank God daily for my salvation, Pastor Dan Ruthann, and this church. Times like this help me realize all God's blessings and what <clears throat> a part of God's or Christ's family is all about. My dad, although backslidden, knew the Lord. We had a very good visit one day while I was out to see him. God's grace and peace were present. I thank you, or I ask you to continue to pray for me and my family as many challenges are ahead, but the Lord will care, carry me. Please pray for my Uncle Steve. He's 93 and not saved. He is searching and has many questions. And thank you again. That's from Kathy Ryan in light of her father's passing and other difficulties that she faces along the way. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again that you've given us your word. As we look at a portion of it this morning, we want to be hearers, doers of your word for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We in America today are part of an ongoing history. We can go back to the Revolutionary War. We can even go before the Revolutionary War. We can talk about the Civil War. We can talk about many other things, but we're part of a big history. You as an individual are part of a big history You can go to your grandparents or your great-grandparents or your great-great-great-grandparents. Talk about your parents. But you're part of a bigger history. Our church goes back to 1880, but even beyond that, ultimately back to the day of Pentecost. 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, Peter lets his hearers know that they're part of a bigger history larger picture than the present. We in America today, I think more so than even 30 or 40 years ago, tend to live individualistic lives. We tend to live here and now. We tend to forget the historical aspect. And we don't want to think too much about the future. But Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and verse 10, reading verses 10 through 12, concerning this salvation... The prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you. By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. One commentator says, 
In the final statement describing the reader's situation, Peter explains their privileged status because of the knowledge of the gospel they had received. He compares their knowledge of God's redemptive work as superior to that of both the prophets and the angels. Comparison with the first group, the prophets, situates Peter's readers as privileged historically. And with the second group, the angels, cosmologically. Peter points out to his readers that they are privileged to be participating in a salvation that Israel's prophets eagerly desired to learn about as they inquired into the circumstances and time of the Messiah's sufferings and subsequent glories. The Spirit of Christ revealed those sufferings and glories to the prophets as a forewitness, although the prophets' own generation would live with confidence in the salvation that would one day be achieved. But the prophets' forewitness of the sufferings of the Messiah functions for Peter's readers as a confirmation that the crucified Christ is indeed the Messiah. Consequently, the unity of the prophetic message of the Old Testament, the Christian gospel, is the basis on which Peter will use in teaching his hearers using the Old Testament. So I want you to picture this side of the church on the right, my right, your left, in the corner being creation. We come from a creation and we have the prophets. We come on beyond the prophets and we have Christ who came to this earth. He lived, died, and rose from the dead. Then we have Peter's hearers. The book that we're discussing this morning. We have today. And then on your far right, we have Christ being revealed. And when we talk about Christ being revealed, we're not talking the rapture. We're talking when Christ returns to the earth, the glory of being revealed as would be communicated in the book of Revelation, particularly chapter 29. The prophets sought out and carefully inquired about the situation that was going to come. So we have the prophets in the Old Testament. They foretold... But Peter is saying there's a continuity with the prophets of the Old Testament and what they foretold with the salvation of God's elect that he is writing to in 1 Peter and the life that they had in Christ. There's a continuity. You can't separate the prophets from Christ, from Peter's hearers, from us today. There's an ongoing continuity The knowledge imparted to the four witnesses, that should be four witnesses, not F-O-U-R, but F-O-R-E, four witnesses, they were the prophets. Peter's saying it's the same message that is preached by the evangelist that ministered to you, that is Peter's hearers. We're not dealing with something new. There's a continuity in history. And in verse 10, we find that the prophet searched. It says, concerning this salvation, 
the salvation that is being talked about is a salvation that is much broader than we might think of salvation today. We think of deliverance from sin, and many times we stop with that. In the context, it would have included threats and dangers, sin, separation from a relationship with God, thus a new birth, a deliverance from an unstable, evil, unstable inheritance, I'm sorry, and evil in the world. A salvation, a deliverance from no relationship with God into being God's elect children. Salvation from an unstable inheritance that will perish and spoil and fade away into an inheritance that will not perish, spoil, or fade away. From an evil world into souls more and more free from desires, thoughts, and words and actions of this world. Concerning this salvation, the writer says, the prophets who spoke of the grace of God that was to come searched intently. The prophets, those long before Christ, were looking for, searching intently concerning something. Jesus refers to them, that is the prophets. As a Jew, Peter knew Jesus Christ was the final prophet. And then Jesus refers to the Jewish prophets as he taught and he preached. The prophets all spoke the message God gave to them. Others wrote, as we have in the Old Testament. The prophets, historically, what did they do? They spoke of the grace that was to come to you. The prophets spoke of the grace that was come to Peter's hearers. Hundreds of years earlier, they spoke of that grace to Peter's elect. As the prophets spoke, they realized they were speaking of unmerited favor, grace, which the Lord would extend to people in Christ. It was future to them. Peter states that which would come to you, thus implying the hearers were experiencing and were to experience the salvation, both present and future. So the prophets spoke. They spoke of Christ. And the salvation they experienced, the Peter's hearers, they were in the present, but also going to experience in the future when Christ is revealed. So these prophets, what did they do? They searched intently. They investigated. They scrutinized with the greatest care. They wanted to know more. What were they doing? Verse 11 says, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ spoke. They knew they were speaking of grace, of salvation that was great. And glorious, but could not tie it to any specific time or unique circumstance. Their knowledge was vague. 
The prophets of the Old Testament times, judging from the writings, were in fact more prone to inquire about when their prophetic vision would occur than who the Messiah would be. For instance, in Daniel 9.2, Daniel is seeking to understand the times previously prophesied by Jeremiah. In 12.6-13, the prophet asked a heavenly messenger, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? He receives the answer, Go your way, because the words are shut up and sealed unto the time of the end. Ezra asked the Lord, How long? When will these things be coming to pass? And later he wonders, Do you think that I will live until those days? Habakkuk inquires of the Lord concerning the vision that awaits its time. And Habakkuk says, The just will live by faith. The prophets wanted to know more. They searched intently, wanting to know the time and circumstances which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing. Peter mentions the Spirit of Christ. When we speak of the Spirit of Christ, we find that the Spirit of Christ was present in them, in the prophets. There's a continuity in the time of Christ, the Spirit of Christ. Peter's here is the Spirit of Christ. Again, sometimes we separate what God designed. Spirit of Christ in the prophets. Spirit of Christ present with Christ. Spirit of Christ in Peter's hearers. Spirit of Christ present today. Again, there's a continuity. Trying to find out the times and circumstances which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted what? The sufferings of Christ. Now notice in verse 11 it says, when he predicted the sufferings of Christ, that he is referring to the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was the Spirit of Christ that was at work in the prophets. It's not unusual that the Spirit of Christ is mentioned. We don't have a monopoly in him today. He was present in the prophets. In 1 Peter 1.11, the point seems to be that the Spirit, <clears throat> who was the ancient revelation to the prophets of old, is the same Spirit of Christ known to the first century church. The Spirit who had inspired the prophets was the same Spirit that descended on Jesus at his baptism, identifying him as the Messiah who would experience the foretold sufferings and the glories that would follow. Peter thereby shows a continuity of the presence of the Spirit with the prophets, with the Christians who would receive the gospel of God's mercy centered in the sufferings and glorification of Christ. The Spirit predicted the sufferings of Christ through the prophets. The glories also were predicted Concerning Christ. Moses 
implied Christ in Genesis 3 and 15 as well as Isaiah. The apostles were surprised when Jesus spoke of his suffering. Why? They weren't relating to the prophets. Christ, his coming and his sufferings were not new information. Again, Peter's hearers were part of an ongoing history. The prophets spoke of Christ, his sufferings and the glories. Peter's hearers hear them. Hear what Peter is saying. We today know that and what is going to come to some extent in the future. Then Peter says the sufferings and the glories that would follow. These would involve Christ's resurrection, his ascension, his enthronement on high, and his final revelation as judge of the living and dead. So we have the sufferings of Christ. But he didn't stay dead. He arose from the dead. He ascended to the Father. He's interceding today. And there's going to be a final revelation of Jesus in the future, which is illustrated on the right-hand side. That's yet future. And then he will judge. But the prophets spoke of that. Peter is in agreement with John 12:41, according to which Isaiah, in his vision, foresaw Christ glorification. That being present. The book of Revelation speaks of the unveiling of Christ and the glories yet future. The Gospels deal with Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection. But we have to go to the book of Revelation for Christ to be revealed in his glory. But the prophets spoke of all of that. They wanted to know more. They searched intently. So how does the Spirit of Christ respond to them in verse 12? It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. The prophets, historically, from our point of view, were not serving themselves, but Peter says they were serving you, his hearers. They were doing that when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who preached the gospel to you. See, when the prophet spoke, that was in agreement with what the evangelists would have spoken to Peter's hearers. There's a flow, there's a continuity. In the past, the prophets foresaw foretold these things concerning Christ. In the present, that is the present of Peter's hearers, that evangelists have now preached to you. Peter's saying, there's nothing new here. The prophets spoke. The prophets foretold. The Spirit revealed future things to the prophets. Now the Spirit has told you the same thing through evangelists. Prophets inquired into the circumstances or time of the Messiah's sufferings and glories. 
And Peter says the angels desire to look into the Messiah's sufferings and glories. Compared with the prophets, the generation that saw Jesus had a privileged status that was announced by Jesus himself. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. To hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Matthew eleven eleven, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women... There is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. Of all the times to be alive in human history, it is a supreme privilege to be alive in the period of history following the coming of Christ. When the gospel is clearly preached, through the witness of those who saw and heard Jesus, Subsequent generations hear and see. Peter knew his readers also needed to understand what he himself had come to know, that the sufferings and death of Christ was not an untimely accident or tragic mistake, but rather a necessity necessity that had been long foretold. After the Christ has suffered, the predictive aspect of prophecy recedes, and the prophecy becomes a confirmation for the benefit of the generation who would see the Messiah suffer, and for the generations to follow, that they might rightly understand the cross. So Peter, he's writing to individuals, and he says, we present Christ. But this Christ is not new. It didn't just happen. It was foretold by the prophets. We today can look back to Peter's hearers. We look back to Christ. We look back to the prophets. And according to the prophets, we can look back to eternity past. Before the creation of the world even. When Christ and his death would have been decided. Peter says, we preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was present in the days of the prophets, the same Holy Spirit that is present in the time of Christ, the same Holy Spirit that is present in the day of Peter's hearers, the same Holy Spirit that is present today, the same Holy Spirit that will be present when Christ is revealed. When the gospel was preached to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And then he says something interesting. The angels longed to look into these things. Prophets searched intently. But even the angels desire to look into these items. We have a tendency to live in our own little world. More and more we tend to forget history past. And history future depends on the person. Peter is saying to his hearers, don't live at one little spot. 
You've experienced the gospel of Christ. But the gospel of Christ goes back to the prophets who spoke of Christ's sufferings, who spoke of the glories that are going to be revealed, who spoke of Christ revealed, which is yet future to the day and age in which we live. So we are part of an ongoing story rooted in the Old Testament. It's not about us. We're included, but it's not about us. Salvation is much more extensive than we tend to discuss. In light of the prophets, in light of Christ, in light of what Peter is writing to his hearers, it involves an alienation from God to God's elect, children, sanctified and sprinkled. It involves going from an unstable inheritance to an inheritance that will not perish, spoil, or fade. It involves from an e- going from an evil world soul to a soul free from desires, thoughts, words, and actions. And that comes out in verse 9. The salvation that we are mentioning here was discussed by the prophets as they spoke of Christ, as they spoke of the glories of Christ being revealed and experienced by Peter's hearers. The next application may not seem real profound, but the Spirit of Christ worked in the prophets. We're not careful we get so consumed with the present. We have the Spirit today. Not debating that at all. But the Spirit was present in the prophets. He worked. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is not, I shouldn't say it is not, He is not something new. Our faith has historical security. and future security. The prophet spoke of Christ. The prophet spoke of Christ's revelation. Past and future because it's centered in Christ. See, historically, there's the sufferings of Christ. The future, there's Christ's bodily resurrection when the prophet spoke. We're looking back at his resurrection now as historical. But from the prophet's point of view, it was yet future. Historically, we have Christ's trial. From the prophet's point of view, the future involved Christ's ascension. That would be history to Peter's hearers and history to us today. Historically, we have Christ's crucifixion. In the future, we have Christ's enthronement. Historically, we have Christ's death. Future, we have Christ's final revelation. 
as judge. When we speak of the salvation that is present, that we offer to people, that we are experiencing, that we will experience, that Peter hears experience, and they will yet experience in the future, we're dealing with something that's rooted in history. It's grounded in history. The prophet spoke of Christ. Christ came, demonstrated historically. You can study history. Christ was in history. He died. He was buried. He arose from the dead to die no more. He ascended. He is on high today. Peter's hearers heard that. They responded, and they were experiencing salvation. Today we hear, we respond, and we still anticipate a future salvation when Christ is ultimately revealed. A very simple question. Are you part of the ongoing story Peter presents? That is, have you come to faith in Christ? If not, why not today? If yes, glory in what you have and what you will experience in the future. Live as part of an ongoing story not as a mere individual. Let's pray together. Father, in light of what we have discussed, when we think of prophets writing Christ's coming, Peter's hearers, us today, and Christ, revelation in the future. We have much to be thankful for. We have much to be excited about. We have much to say hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We recognize more and more fully that sin did not take you by surprise. Christ's coming was not something that you planned because sin took you by surprise. It was all part of your plan, Father. May we see ourselves as part of a bigger story, but yet you use us in the present. We thank you, Father, for the glory that was revealed in Christ and the glory that will be revealed in the future when he returns. And may we live in a deep sensitivity, Father, (coughs) to being part of history that ultimately brings glory to you. This week, Father, as we go to our jobs, we live in our homes, we shop, we drive, we interact with people. We want to be instrumental in living holy lives for your glory. And use this, Father, to point others to Christ. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.